Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm a Libra, which explains why I'm so perky, open-minded and quick to tears. <laughs> and this week, we're looking at Season 5, Episode 19, in which our resident horn dog is once more beholden to his ricocheting lusts. Uh, Steve, my question for you this week, my friend, is do you own cushions containing human hair? If not, <laughs> what do they contain? <laughs> Yeah, I think they're actually just uh, actually more like a, probably a, a synthetic foam nowadays. I don't think that's many less have... interesting. Yeah, well, I don't think many people have feather anymore now, do they? You know, duck or uh, I'm duck not a fan. Do you have like downy kind of pillows and things, as in as in kind of like bed pillows that you sleep upon? No, um, I really think that that kind of sort of synthetic rubbish basically i don't think we've got any feathered pillows with the uh what rod gilbert the comedian would say prickly shit inside because obviously you get all the ends of the feathers that come out and stab you and i think he actually once said one of his stand-ups that goose was a bit more prickly and he said the goose never seemed to care when it was in the goose maybe we should leave it there rather than stuffing it in a pillow to prick (laughs) ourselves um, no nothing interesting in my pillows how about you well have you got human hair in pillows i I haven't actually and i was i was reflecting upon kind of caitlin's you know mantra of reusing your own kind of body cre- parts. creations <laughs> yeah your own body parts for to have another kind of recycled use um i was trying to think of any 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 use for anything that my body produces and i i don't think there's much there's not much... around not around the home i mean your body does produce things that will be useful in the future mr carroll but <laughs> <laughs> who knows who knows um before we get into trivia corner this week steve there's a couple of shout outs that you and i are both very keen to uh to hand out to some some very special people in the fraser community so firstly it is the podcast Live at KACL, who uh, a po- brilliant Fraser podcast that's ran by Felix, Rohan, and Pranev. Please, Pranev, please tell us if we're, if we're mispronouncing that. Um, but three three chaps, um, are they California-based? I believe they've mentioned the LA Rams in a couple of episodes, so I presume they are in the LA area somewhere. So a huge shout out to those uh, to those guys who have spoken openly on their podcast about how we're listening inspire them as a, as a trio to start their own Fraser podcast, um, which is incredibly flattering, and it's just amazing to see how many different podcasts and, and different Fraser community sects have popped up. Uh, in the time that we've been doing ours. So go and listen to them if you get bored of us, because, you know, inevitably, <laughs> inevitably you will um, get some fresh new voices in your ears. Go and see what those guys are doing. Uh, and another shout out to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, which is a UK-based Cheers podcast, um, who recently had Steve and I on their own show uh, to talk about Frasier, to talk about the anniversary of, was it the anniversary of Frasier's first appearance or just the anniversary of Cheers, I think? it was the anniversary of Cheers ending we discussed and obviously went into yes. the reboot and a lot of other Fraser and Lilith uh, topics. Yes. Um, so I think there are, there are links to that kind of on our page, um, I think, when, when it first got aired. But I'll make sure those are available again for those who wish to find them. But two lovely podcasts, Cheers and Frasier, um, kind of centric. And you should definitely go and check them out. Any Anything to add there, Steve, before we took ourselves in? Um, for those two podcasts, I'd definitely say just search for them on Spotify and obviously have a look on Instagram. You can find Live at KSCL at, I think it's Live at KSCL. And the other one I think is WNKYN podcast or something something like that. James and John, please don't kill me for saying that. It's You'll basically <laughs> look for where nobody knows your name and you'll, you will find it. So. Yeah, absolutely. So go and check those guys out. Right. Trivia Corner. Are you ready this week, Stephen? Or as ready as I'm ever going to be, I suppose. Right, let me open with you for... Hang on, I need to find the questions first. I've opened the wrong Reddit thread. <laughs> let me open with our man down under, Mr. Ham Winston. Um, so here we go. Question numero uno. Lisa Edelstein, or Edelstein, features in just this one Fraser episode. How many does she appear in on the show House? 
<laughs> this is incredibly, wow. incredibly unfair, some might say, but interesting from Hammy. It would be great if I'd watched Harris and had maybe kept a note of how many episodes she'd been in. Um, I've not watched House, to be honest. Is it more or less episodes than we're currently have recorded for We're Listening? More. So she's quite a regular person. Um, I have no idea how many episodes of Harris were ever made, <laughs> so I'm going to say 203. I don't know. It's not. It's not a terrible guess. We're looking for 153. There, you got one of the numbers correct there, Steve. Well, that's um, not bad. <laughs> that's 33% of a, of a point. Um, who directed this episode? I do actually know it. It's Dan Butler. It's his first. It is. Ever- yeah, first one he ever directed. Oh. I don't know if he did any more, but this is the first one he's directed. So, oh, that passed me by completely. That's really cool. Uh, Hamish puts ironic, isn't it? Considering Fraser's lust for Caitlin is all around sex. Uh, what is left on the menu that Caitlin can eat? There's a few things, isn't there? But I think he's one of them curved orange slices or something like that. I haven't got that written down here from Hamish, but that's definitely correct. It's curved orange slices, and what's the common herb? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I only watched this episode about an hour ago. Uh, parsley. He says pa- parsley. Is it parsley? Oh, parsley. It is. I'm a huge fan of parsley. Gonna put it out there. Big fan. I wouldn't eat a plate of it, but <laughs> no. But I, I'm gonna go as far to say that's my favorite herb. Um, that's not not anything anyone needs to know, but I'm going to put it out there. Uh, <laughs> trivia from Niall Crane. I'm fr- in Fraser's apartment when Nas is telling his French story. We see a chessboard behind them. How many pieces are on the chessboard? <laughs> Steve, you're getting stung real hard this week. Oh. It's, it's got to be said. The cadre are being merciless here. Is there normally is there normally twenty? Is there normally 48 pieces on the chessboard? I'm trying Two to count them all. Yeah, that, that's, that rings a bell to me. I'm going to go with 48 then. <laughs> no, it's not, they're, they're not, they're not, it's not a row of 12. I've got a chessboard right here. Let me count them. Sound of Will reaching for chessboard. It's eight pieces across. Um, right, eight sixteen. Well, in that case, you've given me the answer. Possibly, I'd say it might be 32 then. If it, it's, if it's 12. Better. It's not set up then. It's twelve. It's a game in progress. It's a game oh, in you progress. Know, didn't, you? didn't didn't Clint Weber comment on he was in the middle of the Sukrepsky attack only two episodes ago? Maybe he's still playing by post. He says that was a, that was a fun eighteen months or whatever. Yeah, whatever the duration is. Uh, trivia from Run for Your Life. When Caitlin arrives, what are Fraser and Caitlin sharing? According to Niles, uh, a tic tac. A tic-tac. Very good. Trivia from Little Owl in the Glen to end this particular section of Trivia Corner today. Caitlin's name being spelled with a C instead of a K might be a foreshadowing of what unique aspect of her personality. I love this question. Think about about the shape of a C. Well, the, the thing that comes instantly to mind is that she... And I nearly wrote this as a question. I don't think I did in the end, so I can... Yeah, I can give it away. Uh, she lives in apartment C. <laughs> that is that. That's not what I've got here, but that's a really good answer. Yeah, that's the only. I you know what? No idea what little outlet in the Glen's going for? But I'm giving. I'm giving you a, a point for that because that's too good to not reward. A C is the shape of a crescent moon. As a lycanthrope or a member of the lycanthrope society, she of course howls at the moon. So we've got that crescent link to her okay. werewolf ways. Um, thank you, everyone, for those questions. Steve, lay yours on me. Right, I've got four for you this week. Oh, I've got number man. one. In Nervosa, Niall says he's usually busy between 11 and 1. What time does Fraser's show actually air? Oh, I, th- I feel like it's... I feel like it ends at 2.30, but I think I've made that up. Yeah, you have. <laughs> oh, God. In which case, I'm going to say 1 till 4. He says very stroppily, my show is on between 2 and 5. <laughs> ah, 2 and 5. Um, The next one is a sort of three-parter. Daphne gets interrupted three times whilst telling her sex story. What are the three interruptions? Oh, sugar. 
She starts by saying she's taken her top off to try and unhook her top. Something then... pings in the kitchen. Um, well, that's the second one. That's the bottoms that she's removing. <laughs> okay, so some, something pings in the kitchen. Does she have to get the phone or the... Mm. Yes, the phone is the first one. Her mum calls when she takes her top off. She goes, oh, that's the phone. I better get that. And then there's Comes one back. more thing. The oven timer goes off and she says, the rolls are done. I don't want to have burnt buns, she says. And then there's <laughs> the third one. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, she answers the door. The kettle boils. Ah. Oh. <laughs> she says, oh, that's the tea. And Niall screams. Damn it, we should do everything around her. Um, so good. So that's pretty good. Uh, number three, when exchanging sex stories, Niall references which book? I was hoping you'd get this one. Madame Bovary. By? Simone de Beauvoir. I've got Gustave Flambeur. Oh, sugar. What did what did Simone de Beauvoir write? I think I think you're absolutely right. His literature. Yeah. You're you're definitely definitely correct. It is uh is Flaubert or Flaubert. Yeah, um, I didn't know how to say that. I don't want to butcher it even more. I don't know. If she wasn't. Was she? In, oh, she wrote the Second Sex. I don't know why. In my head, I really thought she wrote um Madame Bovary, but you are correct. It's Gustave Flaubert. And staying on the literature theme, one of the final title cards is a play on a John Steinbeck novel. Which novel? Considering there's mice traps, mouse traps everywhere, it's gonna be of mice and men, I think. Do you know what the title card says? I'm gonna have to go with. Oh goodness. Of of. So she captures them to use in her art. <laughs> of I don't know of mice and artists. It's not that. But... Of mice and wolfmen. <laughs> Oh man, that's really good. That's excellent. That's a very clever one. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Steve. Right, questions for you this week from MK to see us home. By episode's end, what can we reasonably assume is Caitlin's most prolific medium of art? If I say oil painting is a medium, I'd I'd have to have a guess at collage purely because that's the only thing I think they actually mentioned. She has a mice collage, a driftwood collage, and something else. Absolutely. Driftwood, mortality. She describes the dead mice as a part of her newest collage series. Um, excellent stuff. When Roz, Daphne, and Niles are trying to help Frasier with examples of their own relationships, uh, three professions are brought up during the various conversations. What are they? Oh, God. Uh, the one ending in Ick is a lifeguard, is he? Uh, yes, lifeguard. Rick slash Nick. Um, Daphne's is the bloke who's naked on top of the glass. Oh, I can't remember. I'm going to say he's a bartender. <laughs> uh, sorry, Daphne's. He's a fireman. Right. And who's the other one? Niles. Uh, Frasier. Be... Oh, Frasier. Yeah. I have no idea with Frasier because, I don't know, is she a piano teacher? Is he telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lawyer from Bainbridge that he gave similar advice to. It's the other profession uh, I was looking enough. for. Um, but, but, a, but a valiant effort, all the same. Upon finding out Caitlin's, I think that should be, oh yeah, dietary preferences. Uh, what, what does Frasier plan to serve for dinner? This is I think this is. Um, these are the four things that she can eat that we've already talked spoken about. So you've got two of them, but there are two others. Right, eat so we've got parsley orange. Yeah, uh, he says. You got parsley. He says, oh, "What is it? Cur is it cut? Right, so it's cur Is it curved orange slices? Something like cur that. Curvy orange slices. Unwind the bruschetta from the melon slices. Yep." And you said a drink. I'm going to go with she refuses the wine. She went with sparkling water. I'm going to give you the point. It's a, min it's a mineral water. That's as good enough for me. Good enough for me. And finally this week, Stephen, trivia from a little Bobby Briscoe. I love to say that every week. Caitlin and Martin are both. Oh, you, you know this. As I say, Caitlin and Martin are both Libras. What for? attributes does martin describe for himself um 
the one that I didn't put on there is outgoing. Outgoing, <laughs> very, very good. So little Bobby Briscoe will Sorry, be Bobby Briscoe. he'll be kicking himself under the desk when he hears your opening uh opening introduction, but there we go. Well, the Thank reason you. Being, is I am also a Libra as I don't think you are though. You're just out, aren't you? I am the best star sign there is. Which you is be. you can't be. I don't uh, know. It's after mine. <laughs> Scorpio, baby. I am a Scorpio. A fellow water sign. No, you're not a water sign, but I'm a water sign. Um, you're a sun sign. Does that mean we but get I, on? But I am perky and quick to tears. <laughs> you are you are perky quick to tears, and I'm not that outgoing, so that makes sense. Um, thank you for your trivia this week, guys and girls. So lovely to hear from you all as always. Stephen, shall we get to the review? Let's go. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. So, Animation Watch, break the news to us gently, please. Call it. Absolutely. I mean, we should be playing some sort of, I don't know, Moon River in the background here. Lying <laughs> out. There was absolutely nothing. Absolutely yeah. chuff all. This... It's, like, it's like the Seinfeld writers did it. This is an animation about nothing. Nothing. <laughs> we should take the creators of this show who are still with us to the hague and try them for war crimes for the episodes that don't have animations in it's it's outrageous and we're going to continue to say that until we until we finish this podcast which at the rate we're going is going to be in 10 years time um we're in nervosa now nars is about to wipe the chair uh slash reach for his cell phone um which is 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 he lying or do you think maybe the first time around he actually is going for the cell phone no, 100% he was going to wipe that chair down, which is why he then makes the phone call. He he offended Roz, and he tried to back out of being, I don't know, a big girl's blouse in wiping down his chair. He did. Do you, do you wipe things down, Steve? If you were about to sit with a friend in Costa, other coffee shops are available, and you saw a chair that had a bit of a bit of a something on it. I don't know, because if it's wet, you're not going to sit on it. But I don't know, maybe it's just... You just saw like some less desirable human being get up from that chair. Are you gonna avoid the chair? I don't. I don't think if a person had just been sitting there, I don't think I'd have to wipe down the chair. If they've been, people have been eating there and there's crumbs on the chair. Isn't it natural to sort of? I don't think I'd yeah. reach for a handkerchief or a tissue. I think I'd probably just use my hand and then use some alcohol wipe on your hand afterwards. Just brush it down. Do you know what I mean? But hmm. probably normal. But I think the sort of exaggerated amount that Niles does it, you know, even with the back, where he sort of wipes his hands around the intricate parts of the chair a bit over the top. Yeah. Um, it's a nice callback, because I don't think we've seen Niles do this for 100 episodes, maybe? Is this more of a season one, season two, maybe season three thing? does feel like it's been a long time, yes. It is yeah. a nice throwback. Um, I'm also with you that I, I'd love to see someone sit down on a seat of crumbs without brushing them off first. I can't imagine the headspace you'd need to be in to not brush them off first. Yeah, just not care. Just literally go, yeah, that's fine. Sit on that. Yeah, someone who's in the throes of a very deep and dark part of their, their psyche, I think. Whilst we're in Nervosa, though, oh, I go have on. a few numbers for you. Here we go. We were on 171. And after The Perfect Guy, which you recorded with Key a couple of weeks ago, we went to 173. There was two coffees, one for Niles, one for Martin. The next episode was Bad Dog, to which there is actually, even though there's gun scenes in Nervosa, <laughs> no one buys a bloody coffee. <laughs> Outrageous. No wonder these businesses are failing. I mean, if you're going to have gunplay in your cafe, <laughs> um, and obviously Frasier's got to have it, which is the one today we have, Frasier Niles, and I it was a bit of a weird one, but basically it brings the title up to 175. It looks to me in the entrance of the scene that Fraser already has a coffee, but then the waitress bring or the waiter brings one over and one for Niles. And the one that I thought I saw under the titles and etc. in the, ent- the intro scene kind of disappears. So I'm only counting it as two. Mm. So 135 is the current going total. Thank you very much. You you do God's work, Steve, so thank you for that. We now learn a little bit about the elusive Caitlin, who's going to become a bigger part of our lives in about 10 minutes' time. Um, She wears Birkenstocks and is into Driftwood collages. Um, Where did she go to school, Steve? She didn't mention it. She didn't mention it. Um, What's the other thing? Oh, it didn't come up. Is it where she works? Or what's the other question? I can't even remember. It didn't I can't it. remember. Um, I've been meaning to maybe get into the Birkenstock vibe. Uh, any any thoughts on that? Because they're quite in again. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Go- I, I'm not really a sandal person, if I'm honest. I've I'm... never been one, and I don't think I can fake it. I don't think, I mean, with the outfit you've currently got on, by the way, Willie's wearing clothes when I say that. Um, <laughs> for those who can't see, Willie's wearing a very smart tweed jacket and shirt and tie. Oh, okay, so David. I think if you were wearing Birkenstocks with that, I don't think your credibility at school would be uh, any good. I dare say you're correct. I think I might get put on some kind of register. I think the blame uh, would be at least 50-50, put it that way. <laughs> um, we have some excellent line deliveries from DHP now, not least relationship. Um, really getting his mouth around that word. I mean, have you ever have you ever kind of mockingly suggested to a friend that they're in a relationship when they're clearly they're clearly not? I, I don't think I have, but it, it sort of brings me up with the uh, or brings up the the relationship <laughs> the relationship relationship uh, Frazier has with is it Sam Pierce? Is it Samantha Pierce? The, the, yes, the lawyer. The lawyer. When Fraser's in that shop, I think at the start, he goes, and when you say the word friend, I would care that you do not italicize it. Yes. And I feel like Niles is very much italicizing the word. Oh, relationship. yeah. And then he says, okay, you're fling. Fling. <laughs> He's really italicizing here. Um, we get the reference now. Um, is this from Niles about the faint impression of the word seely on your backside? Um, I had to I had to look this up. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had to look this up. So I think Sealy's a brand of mattress. Um, so it's just a crude kind of sexual innuendo. But this one, yeah, without a bit of Googling, um, which I'm trying to get into the habit of doing more based on feedback that we've had, um, is, is yeah, this one would have really passed me by. I, I, I don't really know what brands of mattress are big in the UK, but I just know the shops where you buy them from. MK. Um, as always, please get in touch with us and tell us what this means. Oh, Mattress, mattress King. Have you owned one? <laughs> oh, Mattress King, come to us, please, in our hour of need. Um, we now, yeah, it's Eddie's, Eddie's got a new treat. Is it his birthday? Um, Eesburger J or something, he says. What the hell is that? <laughs> okay, so I was hoping you wouldn't know this. So what he's doing there is he's using Pig Latin. Are you familiar I, with what Pig Latin I, is? Well, I presumed he was trying not to say cheeseburger like squeaky toy. He was trying to make sure that Eddie couldn't understand it because I heard Eesburger J. Um, but no, yeah, I, I, I mean, you're, you're probably better at explaining what it is than I am. <laughs> so P- Pig Latin essentially is, um, obviously American listeners will know this because it's just part of their kind of growing up culture, I, I think. Um not that the, you'll use it, but it's just in the zeitgeist because it was on The Simpsons and things. But yeah, you basically take the first letter of any word, you put it at the end of the word, and then you add A-Y. So cheeseburger becomes Eesburger Che. Um, f- mobile would become Obile May, um, and, and so on. And it, it becomes incredibly difficult to, to, to talk in, in more than two words. If anyone wants to get in contact with Will, he is in the Bugook and does speak G-speak as well. <laughs> G-speak, pig laddie, I'm fluent in both people. Um, so I, I've now, oh yeah, now we've got the some more italicizing from DHP now. Oh, for dinner. Um, <laughs> the relationship's moved up a level now and they're having dinner. Um, I, I've, I've made a note here myself of the parsley and curvy orange slices that Caitlin can only eat. We now come to reveal. Just what was he cooking? Um, um, it doesn't sound like much of a meal. It just sounds like appetizers and 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 yeah, melon. Well, doesn't he? What, what's his forbidden fruit that Lilith calls out? Isn't that melon on a stick or something like I that? I think it's his trademark melon on a stick. Yeah, well, now we have melon slices wrapped in bruschetta, which I'd rather I'd rather have. Um, just one because one because I like them, and two because if I saw Fraser eating them across from me, I'd know that he maybe didn't want to sleep with me. Um. <laughs> if he's got orange slices, melon slices with hams, etc., what the hell was the parsley on? I mean, this is this is what was throwing me. Um, was he making his infamous duck a l'orange? If so, does parsley have a place in that dish? Um, who who could say? Uh, MK, when you're done with the with the what, what was it? The mattresses come in with the cuisine, yeah. please. Um, did you know we're both Libras? We now find out the way Caitlin says this. And she, she's very handsy, isn't yeah. she? What What do you make of this? If you had a partner who was this handsy with your family and friends and, and didn't mean anything untoward by it, would it maybe bristle you a bit? I get the feeling she's just a very... Well, is it the artist? Is that, is that what they're trying to do? That she's a very flamboyant, sort of mm. eccentric 
out there kind of person. She is very, she sort of bowls in the room, doesn't she? And just owns mm. it instantly, even though there's bigger characters and bigger actors in there. Yeah. She's a bit but her character really just jumps off the page, as it were, doesn't it? She's very, I don't know, she's very, she's just very outgoing, as she says. She's, <laughs> she's outgoing, yeah. She um, is. It, it did bring up to me, though, as well, that that means that Martin is born somewhere late September, early October, which mm. I don't think found out before. And also, it's Eddie's birthday. So what bloody time of year is this now, then? Because <laughs> I thought Eddie's birthday's in May. Mm. I know this isn't connected, obviously. It's not Martin's birthday at the right time. It is Eddie's birthday. But I thought they mentioned later in the season uh, that Eddie's birthday is May sometime. That's a, a good question because do we can we remember roughly when the gift horse is meant to be taking place? It, it, once again, we're mentioning Martin's birthday. It's like chronological order of Martin's birthday. It's just it's it's wild. It's all it's over the place. It's wild. Um, we we now cut to the morning, and Fraser has experienced the most intense physical pleasure he's ever known. Um, he looks incredibly dejected um, at, at this because he realizes he's in something of a quandary. Um, a really interesting, uh, like, little bit of. Well, I, I rarely have these kind of trivia insights. This is something that MK would say. There's there's a couple of shots of Frazier drinking his coffee, leaning against the piano, that will look familiar to the keen-eyed Frazier community memesters. Do you have any idea where you may have seen this image in a Frazier meme up to now? You'd think with uh, over 500 memes in my catalogue. <laughs> in I my know. portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> We talk about portfolios and prostates all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I actually don't know. I mean, I, I actually love the, the scene. I think it's really well constructed. Mm. But no, go on. go on. So there is a classic still that someone has made, which looks like it's from a Frasier video game. And it's a quick time event. And it's got like the four buttons on the controller that you can press. And like A is insult, oh, yeah. insult Daphne. One of them is offer Sherry. One of them is to say, I'm listening. And I can't remember what the other option is. But that I'm fairly confident it's this still of him. He's sitting on the piano with the coffee or he's leaning, um, which I thought was quite pleasing. Um, I've got to admit, I think that's a bit strange, though, that he's he's pondering over that. When Martin walks in, he actually tells his dad he's had the most intense physical pleasure ever. And it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. This is followed by Martin then saying about his story where he was caught naked in the backseat of his squad car. Yeah. What would your father want to then admit that? I don't know. It, it is funny. I did laugh. I then suddenly thought, who was he caught with? Because I have said this. I was about to ask you. <laughs> I don't think it's Hester, is it? Well, they met. Well, Martin was in the police. This is why I mentioned Martin's birthday again, because Martin's life and chronological order of what he's done in his life does makes no sense to me ever so he was a policeman from his possible early 20s when they had Frasier because Frasier's 42 43 mm. Martin's 65 so right. how old was Martin when he became a cop like 17 18 presumably that's incredibly young to be a cop, isn't it? And he was in his squad car and caught naked with someone and didn't lose his job. Then he met Hester over a crime scene, married her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he so wrote road mounted police. Then he became a detective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. His life is kind of squeezed into impossible. Uh, he also parameters. served in Korea. Don't forget. <laughs> Say that again. He also served in Korea. Oh yeah, he's been around. Um, I did yeah. actually mention the Korea thing to John Beale uh, on Facebook recently. Lovely and he did, say, he did remind me, and I won't go into it too much, he did remind me that the Korean War is technically still ongoing. Oh, God. So, um, we don't actually know when the date that Martin, did he go while he was still a police officer? Did he get shipped out to Korea then? Was it before? Because obviously the Korean thing between North Korea and South Korea is still kind of active. Mm. So that was, that was John's opinion on it, that there is no time scale for the Korean War because it's still kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the infinite war. Um, Frazier's delivery now. Doesn't anybody listen? Uh, which is excellent. No one knows when he's on or what time or what he's talking about. Um, Frazier goes to her apartment now um, for the first time this episode. His delivery of, good Lord, when he opens the door... One of the best deliveries from Kelsey here. He just succumbs to her 
marigold gloved hands, her artistic getup. Um, yeah, this. What, what else is there to say about this scene, Steve? Well, firstly, is if you went to your other half's house and she had marigolds covered in oils and paints and she wrapped them around the suit that you're currently wearing, would you not be annoyed? <laughs> I would be, and also I'd see the marigolds on Charles' hands, and I would just assume she's been cleaning a toilet. And I, I cannot think of anything that would put me less in the mood than that. I actually um, made Caitlin look a little bit less like an artist, because artists would normally, I would presume, I'm not an artist, would normally presumably use their hands bare because they'd want to feel what they were doing, have more control. Mm. I mean, if you're dabbing paint on a, in a careful way, I mean, she was mounting dead mice to, to canvas at the time, probably, but <laughs> maybe that's what she was doing. But then you'd have mouse, mouse guts on your, on your, you know, your gloves. Straight on the Armani tux, rather blazing. She needs to go down the back of Fraser's neck. No. Um, yeah, it just seems unnatural. I think she looks quite cute as a as a messed up artist, but yeah, the marigolds are just off putting. They're not. Yeah, they're not something where your hands are clean, are they? Really, too, too many associations with those. <laughs> um, now we have the delivery of "I'm Fraser and I'm a sexaholic." Does he? Where does he deliver this again? Uh, back at. 1901. Back at 1901. Uh, and, and of course, that is our segue into them sharing their sex stories. Um, I mean, other than, than DHP's physical acting uh, during Daphne's story, which is just amazing. Um, him kind of rising every time she, in more ways than one, uh, when she's kind of talking about uh, kind of various aspects here. He starts talking about his semester he spent in Paris. It's very romanticized. Obviously, it's not real. Why doesn't his nose bleed? Yeah, I mean, another callback to other things, isn't it? That suddenly, it doesn't matter if he lies. And also, if you're going to rip something off from the classics, why in front of your brother who probably studied the same damn book? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not I'm not being funny. Through. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the irony being that I couldn't remember if it was Flaubert is, is not lost on me in the next comment I'm about to make. But Madame Bovary, very famous piece of literature. Um, Frasier and Niles read the classics. Does it make sense that he would go down this line? Why not just just make up something of your own volition? Why has he anchored? Well, is that the is that the point? He's anchored it to a story because he lacks so much sexual experience. He couldn't even feasibly imagine yeah. a story or something. The thing yeah. that confuses me as well is Nile says he went to Paris. Now I presume he went from Cambridge to Paris because obviously he studied in Cambridge as well. I mean, did Niles just have a summer in Paris from America? Maybe. I know- Obviously, he clearly made this story up. So did he actually ever go to Paris? Is he just completely lying? And therefore, he probably went outside to have a massive nosebleed at some point. <laughs> oh, well, I hope so, because um, only the truth shall make him clot. But, um, you know, yeah, I'd like to know, did they spend that time in Paris? That's a very kind of privileged American student thing to do, kind of following in the footsteps of Hemingway and the Lost Generation and, and Gertrude Stein and whatever, and spending that prerequisite year or semester in paris with with the bohemians um it's it, it seems like something that they would have done but uh but whether or not they did or niles did remains to be seen um in the kitchen now Roz tries to give fraser some advice about the relationship what what is that advice and, and do you agree with it it's quite interesting is it that Roz just says sort of go for it yeah she just says have fun i mean what, what do you what do you think of her rationale here uh without being giving you too much detail i've had a relationship not similar i won't say you had the most physically intense <laughs> um, it, it was yeah it was just it was that sort of relationship that you both i suppose it's <laughs> uncomplicated yeah you, you both are just in it because that's what you want at that time and you know that there's probably no chance of it going anywhere and, and that's mm. what you do you go out for the night even with friends and you just end up back at one of your apartments. Do you know what I mean? It is, and I think in a certain time in your life, the problem is Fraser's forty-three, mm. and Caitlin's clearly not. He's not getting any younger. He's looking for something serious. Caitlin, I, I would say Caitlin's possibly early thirties, isn't she? She's yeah, not that old at all. I think I think maximum she's like thirty-two. So yeah, I mean she's she's basically almost Roz. You know, Roz is supposed to be early thirties and just having the time of her life, enjoying a single life. Daphne's the same sort of age at that point. I don't see the problem with them doing it, but Fraser's looking for more, and I think that's why he's disappointed. Ross's advice is fine for me if that's what my friend told me, and I was 
if I was enjoying myself and we both knew it wasn't going anywhere and it was carefree, what's the problem? Completely agree. I think it's really good advice. I think Frazier being his typical self and his ethics, he's kind of talking himself out of a good thing. Um, over Overthinking things can certainly spoil anything. Um, hmm. is, that, is that a quote from the show? Because I've written that down there, or is that might just be me. No, it's not very good. <laughs> it might, I, think, I don't know. I mean, it sounds pretty, pretty, it's a bit of a platitude. So I thought, I don't know. But um, yeah, Frazier does overthink things. He does talk himself out of particularly exciting situations like this could be um another great delivery from fraser now you were five feet away <laughs> doesn't anyone listen doesn't anyone listen um so good now dhp has to after we find out daphne and the fireman rolled onto the fire escape um you know just all kinds of crazy naked sex happening upon that roof he uh, he has to leave nas does <laughs> I was going to interrupt you. What are you going to say? Silent 10 seconds of DHP since three Valentine's opening scene. He literally just gets up, walks out, stands outside the door, and slowly shuts the door. So good. <laughs> and I mean, are we to assume he is walking in that way because he has a. M- mind is blown, isn't it? Yeah. he He's stooping as he leaves because he undoubtedly has some kind of physical indication of his enjoyment of, of Daphne's story. I think he could um, already feel the curtain rising. <laughs> I, think, I think he could indeed. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, Frasier goes back over to Caitlin's apartment, ostensibly to break it off. But as we know, she has a way of pulling him back in and he has a way of thinking with his... Uh, his his melon on a stick. Um, I have been terribly worried about this global warming situation. Um, quite quite prescient, really. You know, that's in the nineties, and and I mean, we've just had the hottest June on record, and I'm fairly confident that's going to be a statistic that we hear every year for the rest of our lives. Um, so pretty, yeah. And, and he needs a massage. She's getting the oils out. I never cease to marvel at how big Kelsey Grammer's torso is. Um, I, uh, what did I write down? It's so meaty. I wrote down candles, bare chest once again. Haven't seen <laughs> that for a while. <laughs> mice in art and full moon howling. Um, full moon howling. I think when Kelsey, oh, sorry, when Frasier walks into the apartment this time, how does he notice the meat hooks that he somehow didn't notice last time? Yeah, that's I mean, they're not one. small, are they? They're hanging from the rafters. He doesn't notice the mouse trap last time. This time he has time to sit there and look around the floor. She, he's, why does she put the meat hooks in? Like, what do you think she hangs from them? No, I think she just liked them as like an antique. Oh, because he says, "What was it? What was it before? An abattoir?" And she says, "No, it's a daycare center." Oh God! <laughs> what on the third floor? Yeah, well, yeah. What are we block? That's such a ridiculous line. A daycare center. I don't. Yeah, I never. They only care for two children in that small apartment because, by the looks of it, it's a bed, a sofa. There's no kitchen area, and she's got a bathroom that she goes into and cuts her hair. That's not a big apartment. That is a typical sort of New York style box room apartment, isn't it? The whole apartment's a bedroom. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, really weird. Um, I assumed she just like hung roadkill from the hooks but i think you're right i think it's just she's drawn to the aesthetic of of abattoir chic and so yeah. wants some hooks up i was also confused with when she cuts her hair and he says is that your hair in all these pillows and she says yeah it's mostly mine that's a really troubling line isn't it that and i noticed that she cuts i'd say possibly eight to nine maybe ten inches of hair off now I, as a bald man i can't really help this but how long does it take to to grow that amount of hair because i would imagine it's quite a while uh yeah it's a good question my hair grows very quickly but i know lots of people whose hair grows very slowly i how long has she been doing this um you know also they didn't do a very good job of covering up um the actor's hair awful they just tied it back yeah (laughs) tied it back but it it just doesn't look good um and i know this is kind of impossible to do well but you know it's worth pointing out because it's funny um but yeah i I mean caitlin cutting off her hair for me it's just not good vibes that kind of happening in the in the throes of passion or whatever the hell's going on here but also just i don't know it gives me gives me bad bad vibes 
personally, I think there's more eccentric things she could have done as an artist rather than just cut her hair and stuff into pillows. That's just weird. And that's nothing to do with werewolves or art. Hmm. If she said, oh, sometimes I cut a chunk of my hair off because I want to use a human hair brush and obviously I'm not going to get that from random people. I'm going to use my own hair to make a brush to paint with. Kind of almost get it. Or I'm going to use it as a texture in my art. Kind of get it. Hmm. Your stuff in pillows doesn't make sense. It's just a really weird quirky thing they've given us do you think no uh, a human hair pillow would be comfy no i think it'd be absolutely awful i think it'd just go flat it wouldn't even stay stuffed would it how, Not with yeah, the I'm, she's put in. I'm trying to think how much you'd have to put in there for it to stay stuffed next time you go to a barber oh, actually have you said before your mum cuts your hair she, she since she covid has... she has cut my hair um well done Carol. So i know Thank you very much. Thank you. She does it for free, and I just thought, why, why give myself that expense again? Whilst I live here, and she's happy to do it, and it takes us fifteen minutes. So, um, but well, I think when you do that, you should still go back for that. I mean, why, why use that expense when you've got free hair? I would, on. I would, but I think it gives Charlie the ick, and I think she would quite like me to actually go to a professional barber. Um, which, to be pr- to be brutally honest, I kind of understand. Kind of um, getting an ick sound myself. <laughs> The the delivery now of 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 Caitlin shouting, "You better be taking your shirt off." Same goes, by the way. (laughs) It's just so sleazy coming out of his mouth. He is one of the sleaziest. He's so classy and he's so kind-hearted and wealthy, and yet is capable of being one of the sleaziest men imaginable and there's just something about his great massive torso and him delivering that line that's just hilarious you say the size of his torso what's more funny is when she comes out and she's done that and the mouse and everything and he's talking he actually holds up the the smallest pillow almost nipple to nipple on himself (laughs) i feel a bit awkward (laughs) (laughs) tiny pillow across his chest trying to cover himself like he's suddenly female do you know what i mean like oh i'm bare chested and this it's is embarrassing so I, I, I want to cover my modesty and it's like phrase you're, you're half naked in a in her apartment it's just superb absolutely yeah. superb um we have the, de- the delivery of another great line go ahead buddy i'm listening um <laughs> as, as the massage gets gets underway um <laughs> where where who is he oh he, he says this to her you're a mouse painting moon owling sort of girl <laughs> I've actually written down that whole quote. I actually had this as my favourite quote of this episode. I'm basically a stuffy, button-down sort of guy. You're a free-spirited, adventurous, mouse-painting, moon-howling sort of girl. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely killed me, that line. That has gone... I might have to join you. That's the best line. That's the best line. Sleaziest line, as same goes, by the way. Um, but the line you've just read, <laughs> mouse painting, moon howling, sort of girl. Uh, <laughs> Frasier, Frasier joining in the howling is a hilarious way to end this episode. Just, <laughs> I mean, her howl is just awful, isn't it? She looks yeah. at the window and then she sits on the bed and does it. And she goes, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I'm like... What are you expecting him to do here? And, he, just, uh, and he, he delivers. He just he just howls. He's ready to go. He's ready for his night of passion with the mouse painted moon howling sort of girl. Um, superb. Superb. I'm a, um, a bit of a pithy kind of, and I say that a lot about some of these episodes. It's got a bit of a pithy dialogue. Most of this doesn't need to be. It's a filler episode. But mm. I mean, it ends with some really good lines. And thankfully, it's never spoken about again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this episode, for the fillers, is is really quite good. I think there's some real funny moments in this episode. Um, I really like this. Which leads me on to, is this in your top 10, Steve? <laughs> it's not, no. It's, Sorry, n- no. it's not in mine. But I'd, I'd love to hear from someone whose top 10 it does feature in, because I think it's got a lot of merit. Actor, who have you gone for? For that 10 seconds of getting off the sofa, which is actually a replica of the one that Coco Chanel had no Paris Atelier on it. Mm, yes, it uh, is. It's David Hyde Pierce for that 10 seconds of him getting off the sofa, walking towards the door and slowly closing the door on himself. Absolutely sublime. Um, great pick. I've gone with Frege, um, just because some of the lines <laughs> we've just said, he's, he's topless. Um, 
some hilarious, hilarious stuff from Fraser here. So it had to be Fraser for me. Um, Kenley Burley, got man on the ground. Is he a member of the Lycanthrope Society? Slash, have you ever heard him howl at the moon? I haven't, and I don't, I don't think he's an Ozzy Osbourne fan. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it! I was going to make an Ozzy Osbourne joke, um, or a Rosie Osbourne fan. As hey, like, um, I don't think he is. Mrs. Burling is because apparently it helps the women uh, and their cycles. Ah, well, that's always good. That's always good. My dear Caitlin, while she was howling on the. It, it... <laughs> it keeps the Burling household happy, and that's all that matters. Um, who's Crane? Is it anyway? I'm gutted because I thought this was a really nice pick and I think you're going to get it immediately. And I'm not going to say any more. It's the word is mostly. It's Caitlin, isn't it? Yeah. Because you, yeah. you bought the lineup. I was like, no, it's mostly mine. It's yeah. mostly mine. Um, but yeah, I was, it's hard to get a unique word for the episode, but I think that one captured it quite well. Cause that line is quite sinister. It's, it's a, it's a very defining line of Caitlin's personality. It really is. It really <laughs> Who is. Who else is there? Is it? <laughs> I don't know. A question that keeps me Who awake else? at night. Um, <laughs> Shall we jump over to listener mail this week, Steve? Yeah, ping it over to me. Raz, who's our next caller? I realise, listeners, that a lot of the listener mail you've written in will be directed at Key, because uh, he's been back for the last few episodes. Um, he will be back again. He's just he's just busy. Um, so, Steve, if you don't mind reading out messages that perhaps are addressed to Key, um, which, which might be the case here. Um, I'm going to open this week with... Who have we got at the top? It's Rochambeau, who says, Hi, fellas. Glad to have another episode. Uh, Sarah Lawrence College only admitted women until the late 60s, and even today, its student body is still nearly 80% female. For this reason, it used to have a reputation for being a hub for lesbians, or at least for women who wanted to experiment. Seems to be a double standard, in my opinion. All other universities used to be all male, and do any of them have the same reputation? But there you have it. Very, very well said. A very good point. Thank you, Rochambeau. How the hell do I say this next one? M. Gart. Ginser Gain? It's it's G speak. It's Martin Crane in G speak. <laughs> Magata Gin Crane. How the hell did I not see that? <laughs> oh, I'm a bad celebrity. Bad celebrity. Um, hi guys, and welcome back, Key. Yes, welcome back, Key. Great episode. We actually do find out the name of Robert's shop in the season ten episode Road to Perdition. Peter, their caviar guy, says, you know the reason for such high prices in the Russian Mafia? They control this market. To which Nas replies, the Russian Mafia controls Robert's gourmet goods. Excellent. It's always been one of my favourite jokes from the show, so it came to mind when Key initially thought the shop was named Frenchies, which I actually <laughs> did laugh at listening. <laughs> uh, I also love that Will refers to Kate Costas as the late great Kate Costas, although she's not died within the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, P.S. I'm a first time caller on this Reddit username, but this is Alex from Birmingham, Alabama, here in the States. I served as a brief term in your culinary attache. I hadn't written into the show in for a while, and I have since adopted a more fun Frasier-themed username as opposed to my previous one, which was just my name. Well, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Sorry I couldn't read it. I really do apologise that I didn't see it, but luckily Dr. Carol did. Yeah, excellent stuff. And also just a lovely, a lovely moment to revisit my favourite line from Frasier ever, which is of course, aren't you the guy who used to bring his gym shorts in an attache case? <laughs> which just superb. Uh principles were oh but I have missed one. So someone called EVD Czar, Evzar, says Tom Durant or Clint Webber. Tom all the way. I've never thought Billy Campbell was attractive in any way. Pretty definitive there. Um, Principles World says, good to have you back, Key. Great at Blads. Agree that whilst it's not a top 10, it's definitely a gem. Trademark echoing cough is a line for the ages. Also, I personally enjoy when you guys tell listeners to write in to explain stuff you could easily Google. I say boo to the disgruntled Twitter user. Thank you, Principles World. Uh, Ashley 2 next. Hi guys, as most of your questions at the start seem to be food related, here's my input. I don't eat much dairy nowadays, but I have had I have cheddar. I tend to go for stronger ones. Black olives are better than green. Fight me. But if you don't like them by themselves, maybe try them in meals. They work well in pastas and pizzas. I'm a vegetarian, so no lamb here. 
I'm not American, but I believe Sarah Lawrence College is indeed associated, at least in pop culture, with sexual fluidity. There's a similar joke on The Simpsons where Lisa is dreaming about what college to attend and each is represented by someone from the Sarah Lawrence. One alludes to it. Forget the exact details, but I figured you'd appreciate Simpsons reference and indeed Will Will and uh, Key Will when he hears that. And yes, he will. To out someone is a term used outside of America, to, but perhaps it's more accurate to say that American soft power is now is so all-encompassing that it is now universal. National coming out day is the thing, and just today the Guardian did an interview with the Elliot pa- with Elliot Page and mentioned how he's come out twice. Great to hear Key again, and his "I am Iron Man" response did make me laugh. Although I have to say, I think if Kennedy Burling had to admit to one flaw, it would be that there is only one of him. Excellent. He might be interested to know that I've listened to you guys in the gym and was in fact listening to this episode on my way to the gym this morning when I walked past this place and it is... It is Ming Moon, the Chinese buffet and karaoke bar on Broad Street, um, which is a place we should all go for some kind of Frasier-themed karaoke evening. Um, Is it Gil and uh, Noel who sing anything you can do, I can do better and they're (laughs) both wrong? (laughs) As always, I'll, I'll finish their, their, their comment, which is, as always, keep up the fantastic work. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, Nile Coyote says, hello, lads. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Love the pod. I'm very happy to hear Key return for this episode. Highlights for me with a gherkin slash pickle banter. <laughs> At one point, you mentioned not fully understanding Fraser's response to Gil, saying he's not attracted to Dr. Clint Webber. That's the first time I've seen a man in himself. It's built around the concept of being in the closet or closeted, as in someone who is gay, and openly so, the opposite of being out of the closet. Um, Whilst closet is an American word, the concept and terminology is used in the UK. In the context of this episode, it's all about someone being gay or not, but being out as an LGBT plus person. Can reference any part of your gender or sexuality. For example, someone can be out as a transgender person or out as a lesbian. Uh, Thank you very much for that explanation. We do do know what kind of being out means. I think the confusion was, as kids, we never really understood the line, I've seen a man in himself um and it's that's not a phrase you ever hear um so i think that was the kind of line that we paused on um you know obviously we're, we're familiar with um kind of out of the closet and, and kind of other idioms like that but thank you for the explanation uh lastly when you covered the greeks episode you asked if any greeks find it offensive i'm greek cypriot and no it's not offensive just the usual fraser level of silly so it's funny i can confirm that greek family gatherings are that level of chaotic even if the specific events that happen to fraser and the gang don't occur thanks again for such an enjoyable listen and for all your hard work superb um... Yeah, and and apparently uh, it wasn't offensive, so we were right. (laughs) Um, Cam Winston writes, wait, is that the already... (laughs) I knew this was going to tongue twister. The already imminent key. Good to hear from you, my friend, and to hear your superlative manly tones over the airwaves. I'm also glad I sort of stumped you with some of the trivia on The Perfect Guy. Question for Dr. Carol. I saw on Instagram lately a lovely shot of a cricket game that you were attending. It looked like a relaxing day. Have you been watching The Ashes, which oh, is on at the moment in England? Sadly. Don't, don't, I, don't, I can't talk about it. Sad, sadly, I have been watching The Ashes, yes. Carry on, Steve. I would, I would also love for America to have a decent team one day too, as a game's length at least in the shorter forms, is similar to baseball. Anyway, Fraser got to have it. I love Lisa Elderstein in this, but for me, she will always be known for her role in House, alongside that ripper of an actor, Hugh Laurie. I also find it amusing from this episode that Fraser thinks Caitlin is the one. Doesn't he think that about a lot of women until he screws it up by overanalyzing? Superb. Peace, lad. As always, up the villa. P.S. Special shout out to my good friend AC from the New York area. She knows why she's getting this shout out. And I know too. And AC, you are amazing. AC is the best. Um, yes, I have been enjoying some cricket over the road for me recently. I live opposite a cricket club that was founded in 1887, which is very cool. Um, but I have also been watching The Ashes. Um, and it's, it's yeah, devastating. Not much to talk about, really. If there's any Australians listening, please don't get in touch. <laughs> please don't get in touch. That's the next one's me. Do you want me to read it and you finish with Mischief Night? Go for it, Stephen. So I put... Boys, this week, I'm listening. Obviously, I was at the point. Uh, Welcome back, Key, the king of tangents. This episode was a delectable medley of fromage and splendour. (laughs) About cheese. 
One point I'll mention is Sarah Lawrence was known for only admitting females at one point. Then the auto body repair shop gag is clearly pointing out that Deb is possibly gay and Gil is often hinting at too, but she is not a cat. She is not. Lastly, my opinions on Lutz versus Campbell. I'm happy to say Eric Lutz is probably the most handsome male actor on the show. Tom Duran is an amazing actor. Loved, see, uh, loved listening to this episode. Just Steve. Just Steve. Uh, we've got MK and we have Argle Gargle Google Goop left um, oh, right at the bottom. Uh, Mischief Knight says, Gentlemen, this episode of the podcast could stop traffic. Good to hear Key again. <laughs> End of the season wrap episode. Have a sing-off, then the masses can decide. Key, you asked how well Will's been doing on Trivia Corner, and fret not, mon frere. I've been keeping stats, and I can reveal those at the end of season review after your vocal performance. Uh, Ray, envy. I don't get envious when I encounter someone more skilled than me at whatever the activity slash topic of the moment is. But if I hear a group of friends slash co-workers are trying to get a team slash group together to engage in an activity that I feel I'm somewhat proficient at and they don't include me, I get FOMO envy or concern that perhaps I'm not skilled enough at said activity to be included. That's where my Fraser-like anxiety dwells. No, you weren't our second choice. Very, very good. That's exactly exactly on the nail, nail on the head for me. I would be the same. Um, yeah, I think Penny would. If I heard my coworkers saying they wanted to create a Fraser podcast and they didn't ask me, I'd be fu- I'd be furious. <laughs> Fortunately, there's no chance of that happening. All the Fraser podcasts and no one's requesting I. <laughs> <laughs> All the podcasts practically ricocheting off the walls. Uh, Clint's backstory. I love the notion that he's the outcast in a musical family and he spends the rest of his life mastering anything else and dedicates himself to earning their praise, only to never master that one elusive thing. Yet maybe he's convinced himself that he has, which is why he belts, isn't it romantic so confidently? He's living in a fantasy world. Tragic. Sounds like a German opera the Crane Boys would love. Fun bit slash trivia for Fraser's Gotta Have It. The act card, Don Juan in Hell, will become an episode title in season nine. And Roz thinks her former boyfriend's name is Rick, which to Steve's point about them often recycling names will be the name of her crush in season 10, episode 10, We Two Kings, Rick the Mall Store Santa. Rick's in all of them. Very, oh, very good. We've got EVD said C or CZAR. I've, I've read that one, I think. Sorry, yeah, you're right. I think so we've just, just got Argo left. Hey guys, and welcome back, Key. Unfortunately, a happy problem. Now every episode seems to lack a little je ne sais quoi, as either Key or Steve is not around. So I'm looking forward to the season recap, and hopefully all three We're Listening hosts will be in the metaphorical building. I think that could happen, couldn't it? Oh, that, that, that will definitely happen. That sounds amazing. We'll, we'll sort that out. Uh, I too didn't get the Gil in himself joke until rather recently, even if it was somewhat familiar without use as a verb. I couldn't make the connections register in as a verb too. But in any case, that scene in the studio was full of gems. So even without getting the in joke, as well as noticing Bulldog not knowing where to look, which <laughs> which I only realised after you guys mentioned it, it was already such a memorable one, even if for she's not a cat alone. She's not a cat. <laughs> for this ep, I must admit that I was on Team Weber to the extent that I stopped watching before the last minutes of the episode, only because I feel bad for him getting embarrassed. To me, Billy Campbell seemed to play Dr. Webber as somewhat aloof and unaware of how he was one-upping Frasier, and so didn't come off as someone to root against, especially since jokes at Frasier's expense are often some of the best ones, and all the more do, uh, all the more so due to how Kelsey plays his reactions. As a Mandarin speaker, though, albeit a bad one, I have to say that none of the Mandarin spoken by any of the characters was remotely intelligible due to the lack of tonality. So at least for Mandarin speakers, Dr. Weber's facade of perfection was already gone before he started to sing. By the way, fun fact after this, Billy Campbell was paired with fellow Easy on the Eyes Frasier alum Celia Ward, the supermodel zoologist, on a drama series called Once and Again and acted in Tales of the City which also had Dan Butler in a bit part. Hmm, didn't know that. Mm. As a parting question for the Brits here, do you know if Nickerson's Lemon Biscuits actually exist? I've eaten Lemon Biscuits with Crabtree and Evelyn before, which were very good, though not worth paying fourteen ninety five for. But a web search for Nickerson's turns up now. I will say, never heard of them. I've never heard of them, and I've Googled them just now, and all that comes up are references to Frasier. Um, do you remember, this is completely tangential, Steve, a website called Frasier Online, and it was like a forum for Frasier. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it still existed, but I haven't looked at it. I used to go on it all the time. I'm fairly certain it got archived and shut down a few years back, but 
I used to love going on random. I used to discover random threads on there. I was never an active participant. It was a bit too oh. before my time, and I kind of missed the golden age of the forum. Um, yeah, I think it's just because the forum sort of the way it worked probably isn't available to work anymore. Or people just don't use it because they, they've converted everything to Facebook or normal websites now. So yeah, no, it is a shame because I really liked something. There was something cozy and familiar about that old forum format. Yeah. Um, I suppose a Discord these days has replaced. Yeah, um, has replaced the um, the kind of need. Um, yeah. Yeah, e- excellent stuff. Thank you so much, everyone who wrote in this week. Um, a, a nice bumper listener mail, actually. It's been a while. Next week, I believe, is first date. Um, excited for that. As to whether I'll be joined by the lovely Stephen or the lovely Key, that remains to be seen. So keep your eyes peeled. Um, but other than that, I've been Will. And I've been Steve. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.